steeped in history and shrouded in concepts of the mystical and magical. Witchcraft captures our imagination and pervades our cultural lore. Yet, many have no idea how these ancient practices translate into modern day. Some are completely unaware that witches are in their midst in everyday life. I'm Ryan Nelson, and welcome to Conspiracy Theoryology. Welcome back, theoryologists. And as you have probably figured out, our topic today is witchcraft. Now, there's a story behind this one. Because this evolved. Obviously, with October, I wanted to come up with some topics that are traditionally spooky and fun to talk about. And one of the first things that came to mind was witches and witchcraft. Sure, right? The iconography, the imagery of the witch and Halloween is just almost inseparable throughout movies, books, and television. It's just all over the place. And I actually thought that this would be a simple and fun topic. But a story evolved, and it fortunately unfolded into something that I think will really do it justice. See, as I first looked into this topic, I had a whole show outlined for you, right? I, I sat down and did what we typically do with the show. I had the history of witchcraft uh, researched up and some of the key modern incarnations of these these things associated with witchcraft. And, and I looked into some of these uh, uh, ways that it had been reflected within pop culture and plenty of examples and and some takes on it, and and again, what what uh, modern day practices look like, and of course, looking into some of the uh, events in the past uh, that so many people have talked about, such as the the witch trials and the various uh, inquisitions against uh, perceived witches under various forms and perceptions throughout cultures. In addition, I had really narrowed down to and identified a. A, a great psychological term for us to discuss that really does answer the question of why we're fascinated with witchcraft. And um, after I put that all together, I realized it was just missing something. I was just not familiar enough with the topic, and it seemed so academic, so cold a discussion. But we're not talking about a textbook topic here. We're talking about witchcraft. We're talking about something that's supposed to be mysterious and mystical, magical, and powerful. Every time witches are, are discussed, it's a story. Every in every incarnation and on all the lore, there's there's an adventure associated with it. There's a lesson taught. There's an experience had. Witchcraft isn't just about bullet points. It's, it's about experience and, and having experience that might not have a simple explanation. So I decided I needed to learn more. And that's when I, I started hunting for what else? A podcast about witchcraft. Well, there are a lot of them. But rather serendipitously, I settled on one simply because the topics, the, the, the title sounded interesting. And that led me to 
listening to several episodes and finding that I was discovering something completely new about this topic. And I thought I needed to reach out to the host and see if she'd be willing to talk to me and come on even with uh, with a discussion with us. Something that would really add to to the 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 theology uh, compendium, and thankfully she did. She agreed. And uh, as we lead into the uh, the discussion that um, that's following this, I I first wanted to get your minds right and and thinking about it. This isn't a a deep dive into the history of of witchcraft and 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 witchy practices throughout the world this isn't uh a a a textbook chapter by chapter explanation for everything that that goes on and all of the various beliefs and practices and and mystique and actually what i'd rather you do is go listen to this her podcast um and and dive in more if you see an interest in it. Uh, but no, this is this is an opportunity to hear an actual personal story and to meet someone that might surprise you and go get some of your expectations of what comes to mind when you think of witchcraft and you think of a modern-day witch. For this episode, we're not going to take a deep dive into psychological concepts and we're not going to and I'm not going to try to give you a long history lesson. Instead, I want you to just settle in and enjoy this discussion and learn something new, because I know I did. All right? Well, let's get to it. All right, theriologists, it is my pleasure to introduce a wonderful guest to this episode of Conspiracy Theriology. Ashley is a recently initiated Gardnerian priestess observing the Gardnerian tradition of Wicca. She's also the host of a wonderful podcast called Seeking Witchcraft. And as the name implies, Ashley takes her listeners along with her through this journey, discussing basic introductory concepts through to tools and practices of the craft, along with practical tips and helpful advice for those pursuing the practice and those simply curious and wanting to learn more about modern witchcraft and the Wicca religion. Ashley, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, it, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, and spoiler alert for the listeners. I, I have binged most of the Seeking Witchcraft episodes. Because they're just they're just that good, um, and what, and that's <laughs> one of the benefits of uh, of coming up with topics for these shows is that I end up finding sources that I think would be just useful information, and rather serendipitously, uh, you know, it I come across some some great things that just end up becoming part of my subscribe list to listen to. Uh, so for many of these questions that I have for Ashley today. I already have an idea of the answer and I'm asking for your benefit because it will, you will absolutely find this interesting. Now that said, this is still a, a lot that we as the general public do not understand about these traditions associated with witchcraft or the spiritual observances commonly and collectively associated together as modern pagan religions. So Ashley, witchcraft as a concept 
It's been around and recorded as long as people have been creating a recorded history. And it's a, a broad and varied term, and it spans cultures, societal explanations. So it's actually very difficult, it seems, to kind of assign it a, a universal definition. But from a Western perspective, it, it's commonly referred to this this practice, at least as far as the information I could find, of, of modern paganism and that modern movement that, that uh, began in the largely the, the mid-20th century under the cultural context of things like divination and spellcasting. But what is witchcraft and how is that different from Wicca? Sure. So Wicca and witchcraft are different, but they can and usually get used interchangeably. I, for one of my podcasts, I think I spent like the first episode talking about the difference between them. But um, I did then later say that for my own sake, I actually was going to use them interchangeably just for the fact that um, I am Wiccan and I do practice witchcraft. Um, so Wicca is a religion and witchcraft is putting energy into something to create a will or outcome that aligns with what you want to happen, <laughs> for her lack of a better, better term. Um, it's also important to know, though, things like divination aren't witchcraft. Um, that's its own separate category. But Wicca is a religion. Um, it's generally featured around the eight pagan Sabbaths, um, and it focuses on a dualistic view of, um, you know, God. So it focuses on the God and the goddess and the worship with them. Now, most Wiccans probably <laughs> practice witchcraft by incorporating the god and goddess into their work. So they may cast a circle, perform a spell, and raise some energy and essentially send that energy, you know, to the gods or to the universe to ask um, for assistance in completing the spell that they want to happen. But you don't have to be Wiccan to practice witchcraft. Witchcraft is still essentially sending that energy out to you know, have what you want to happen, happen, <laughs> um, pretty much without asking for any God or God's help. Okay. I, that's almost, that's fascinating. And yes, that's absolutely listening to that first episode. It is so information packed and you realize what a rich, I mean, a rich discussion that, 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 that even starts, uh, especially for someone, uh, completely completely new, completely green. Uh, and even those that are, are interested or think they're familiar with it, uh, that's, that's, um, that could start for, I could have you on for hours, but that's, that's the point of the podcast. Uh, and that's, that's really, uh, how we'll probably progress with that. Uh, that realizing that these topics are being addressed, that you're attempting to address them. And this is really, uh, Listeners understand that these are just going to be highlights, uh, as, you know, as, as much as she can possibly summarize this. And it, it is truly fascinating. So I came up with a ton of questions just, just off of that. You know, you know, little things like, uh, you know, that you had brought up of divination, not being witchcraft and, and the nuances of, of that and, and how that's, um, uh, de defined. And it's more than just a matter of semantics. There's, there's, there's meat behind that discussion. But before getting into that, uh, in some of those topics, I really would like the listeners to hear your story, uh, because all of these things, Lee, are begin with a story. And 
that has kind of led you down towards this path. And one of your early episodes, which really, really got me uh, hooked, is that wonderful story that you told about your experience as a little girl, which established this fascination for you early I, with, with spell casting. Uh, would you mind sharing that, that story with us? Sure. Um, so I think I've talked a little bit about my background on my podcast, um, just different parts of it. So I'm not exactly sure all of the, well, the exact moment that you're talking or the exact story. Um, but I'll just kind of give a brief overview of, um, you know, everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so as a kid, um, one of my earliest, actually the earliest memory that I had of, you know, just witchcraft or witches in general is I used to have this little mark on my hand. And, um, I mean, I was like a child, <laughs> like, uh, when I say a child, I mean, I was probably about three to four years old. And I do remember a great majority of my childhood. Um, I do remember a lot of being three and four and five. So I promise I was actually around that age right, frame. <laughs> um, But yeah, I had this little mark on my index finger. And as a kid, I just had this instant thought of, oh my gosh, like that's a witch's mark. Like they're going to know I'm a witch by having this on my index finger. So um, I actually bit it off of my hand (laughs) as a kid. Um, And, you know, like what kid grows up thinking that, you know, there's not like a reason to have that um, thought in the back of your mind. But as a very small kid, practically a toddler, that's what went through my head. Um, So then as I grew up, um, I got a little older, I was about second and third grade or so. Um, My friend came to school one day and she was like, Oh, I became a witch last night. And I was like, Oh, I want to be a witch too. So, um, you know, we started our own little witchy thing and got all of our friends involved. And, um, I lived in an apartment complex. So when we would turn on the city water, it would always look kind of blue in the bathtub. And so that would be, you know, of course it was blue because I'm a witch, obviously. (laughs) Of course. Of course. So I would take a bath in the blue water. That's not really blue, but it just looked blue. Um, and I would say, Oh, that's how I got my energy or my powers. It's from that bath. And, (laughs) um, yeah, so I, I grew up in a very Catholic household, so I was also, you know, Googling witchcraft as a kid. Well, actually, no, that's not what I was Googling. I was actually just Googling, like, witch on on the family computer, you know, like Windows 98 or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and I was so young, I remember I clicked on pretty much every link I could possibly find on the first page of Google, and <laughs> one of the pages actually said the word witchcraft, and I was such a little girl... I honestly thought that witchcraft was like an arts and crafts project of how to make a witch mask. Um, (laughs) Yes. And I think that's probably a pretty common opinion for most uh, 10, you know, eight, nine, 10 year olds. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my, my family is very Catholic, so they were, uh, they were trying to squash that real quick. Um, So as I got older, (laughs) I kind of just waxed and waned with my, you know, getting involved with witchcraft. And for a long period of time, I wasn't active. Um, But it was mostly because, you know, I was living with a very Catholic family and I was like, whatever. So fast forward years later, I started living on my own and realized, oh, my family's out of the picture. I can start practicing witchcraft. And a bunch of events later, here I am. (laughs) Um, I'm a witch now. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. And, And you know, and again, that's it's a great story because it is so organic. And, you know, in truth, I, I can imagine everybody that's listening 
was doing what I did when, when I first heard you talking about this, which is just nodding and smiling, knowing that they had some sort of similar story like that as a kid, right? Something, finding something magical, something mysterious about the world that's entirely theirs, that's, that's entirely different and unique. And, um, I mean, I, I know I got the, uh, the nods for having, you know, too much of a fascination with skulls around the bedroom, you know, as, as a kid. I mean, any one of those things that, that kids do growing up and discovering themselves, uh, and, and then making that step, uh, going forward. And, but that's fascinating. And that, that really leads to that next question. It's that combination of your background of finding the, the, the magical in early on in your life and also growing up in a religious household uh and catholicism itself being steeped in in ritual and tradition and uh and a bit of of that you know there's a bit of that esoteric in any of the uh more mainstream religions but uh there's I guess the key thereafter that is moving forward um, when you realize that the blue water isn't quite the key to to uh, to the significance that you thought it was. There are a lot of tools and, and objects of significance that are important for observance and ritual. And again, across multiple uh, religious and spiritual practices. Uh, but there are definitely some iconic tools uh, that, that come to mind for many, uh, in the, in the general public to that of, of witchcraft. You know, the, the brooms, the cauldrons, the promotion, uh, potions and, and the familiars. You know, and I say that with their quotes. Um, whether people know their intended use of these objects or not. And you actually had an episode that discussed tools and terms, which was very helpful for me. And I imagine very helpful for many young, uh, uh those per wanting to pursue that, that path of, of initiation. Uh, so what are, what are some of these objects that are most commonly used amongst, say, the various traditions within Wicca? And are these exclusively associated with, say, spell casting or their other purposes? Sure. So I would say that the most important tool that I've personally found, um, now keep in mind, I, I meant to say this at the beginning. So I say this on my podcast as well. Um, but so I am an initiate gardenarian. Um, but everything I say on my podcast and everything I'll say today as well is strictly coming from my own personal background, um, my personal beliefs as solitary and like nothing I say is really reflective of the gardenarian community. Um, so just important to note that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so if anybody's thinking like, Oh, she's going to tell us the gardenarian secrets, like, uh, it's not going to happen today. It's probably never, well, it's never going to happen because that's oathbound. Um, but yeah, so just an important note to put out there. Um, this is just reflective of my own personal opinion. Um, but yeah, so I think the most important tool well, that's a loaded question, actually, <laughs> to say the most important tool. There's a lot of very important tools, but I would say I'll work my way up. I think that having salt and water is great to have because um, you salt, water and incense and away the light, the incense, because it took me a while to realize, but those four object or those four items actually represent the four elements. So you have water, obviously you have salt, 
you have the incense, you have the flame that's burning the incense. Um, you know, the incense smoke is with the air and, you know, you just have everything together and it does really make a magical connection right there. Um, the other thing that I think everybody should have <laughs> is uh, an athame, which is a ritual dagger. And I will say, though, that even though this is reflective off of my personal opinion, before I actually started training in a Gardnerian um, outer court, I used to always think the athame was kind of like weird, to be completely honest. Um, I didn't like the idea of waving around a knife in the air and, you know, being like, oh, I'm doing magic. I thought it was campy. I thought it was cheesy. But once I actually got one and actually used it and continued to use it over a very long time and, you know, realize its actual purpose and everything, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I actually really like my Thaumi. And I had that realization that I had bonded with my Thaumi and I would feel with, weird without it because at one point I thought I lost it. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh no, it's gone forever. And that's, that was the moment that I was like, oh man, I really like that thing. And, you know, I didn't realize how much I I'd liked it before. Um, so yeah, so salt, incense, you know, flame, water, and absolutely anathame, which is also pronounced a bunch of different ways. Some people say athame and, you know, it's a dealer's choice. Right. Had I, had I seen it written down before you said it, before I heard you say it, I, I would have been guessing. Um, but, uh, yes, I did. And, and, you know, I, this is, Actually, this is diverting me from my, my original kind of question plan, but, but it's an, that's an important aspect here. And, and you, you make a good point with these things. Uh, I mean, when people hear a list like that, right? Salt water and incense. Uh, and you've mentioned things like candles. Uh, and even the, the, uh, the athame, uh, it, which by the way sounds odd yes for people until you look at the rich history of mythology and lore and go look back and find out how important blades are in in the history of of man's lore and understanding of of societies and the truthfully the magic and and power and divine that's associated with blades over and over and over again uh so i think it's more to that than just wow these these wiccans have a magic knife that's that's absolutely not the case um so it's just about thinking about these but most of these things are what you might consider household items right the and and really like you mentioned it's it's finding that magic it almost seems to be what differentiate things and what makes these things important is the the intent uh behind them and 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 how they're brought together and how they're used is is that is that a reasonable assessment on that I believe so. I would say, so your intent is absolutely important in what you're doing, but I think it's also important to just this, like somebody hearing this might think like, oh, well, you know, I lit a candle and was like, as I was thinking it, or I was lighting it, I was like, I better get an A on my test tomorrow. And like, that just walked away. And then they can argue if they don't get an A, because one, they didn't study or two, <laughs> or two, they could argue and say, well, well, my intent was behind it. Like, okay, sure. But the thing is with magic and with spell casting, you have to put energy behind it. So you can't just sit there and um, expect things to come to you if you're thinking about it, for example. So by using the athame, you know, just in light of this conversation, you can help 
to direct your energy. You could help to focus your energy into what you want to actually happen. Okay. Yeah. I, that's uh, again. And like you said, that, that goes into, um, that, that intent. Um, and, and that is, that's very different. I mean, cause, cause as I mentioned, as we were talking about you know, corresponding the emails, I think we're all surrounded by, by a number of these things. And, uh, it's not as though they're just accidentally happening or coming together. Maybe it's that people are, are perhaps even subconsciously becoming more aware of these, these, these elements, these items and objects and their connection to something that seems that we've lost a lot of grasp on. And maybe that's the key difference when discussing something like Wicca. And but you know vers- what, though? I'm sorry. If I, nope. there, there's one thing I will say, and I've talked about this actually with um, another podcast, but I still, it's something I'm mulling over to think about. Um, and I might, I might discuss it at a future time, but you know, you mentioned that it's things people kind of lost touch with. And I can almost disagree with that in a slight way, because I, if you look at, let's say Catholicism, because that's the religion I'm most familiar. I mean, I haven't been to a Catholic service and, you know, God knows how long. (laughs) Um, But I don't think there's really a difference between their holy water and the water that we consecrate for witchcraft or the incense that they burn as they're walking down the pews versus the incense that we're burning on our altars. I think the thing is things get lost in translation. People don't see them as the same thing, but in my, you know, just my own personal opinion, I think we're actually pulling from the same source of energy. And I don't think there is a difference between the two. And I think people have them or just in their minds, I think they're completely separate entities. You absolutely uh, answered the, the the next question that I start. I think that's exactly right. I mean, that's the key difference when discussing something like Wicca versus uh, some of these other spiritual beliefs is this idea of a magical basis behind the belief as though um, these the other uh, mainstream uh, religions and spiritual observances don't have this this magical or supernatural aspect to them that by their very nature. Uh, and you know, that's something that, uh, perhaps people don't want to admit because it's, it's socially, uh, I don't know, a social faux pas to say that there's a magical element. But when you're talking about a spiritual belief by that, by that very definition, you're talking about something that's not necessarily physically tangible and, and corporeal. Uh, and so, that's it's something that I recognize for me in, in my faith uh, that doesn't seem surprising. But I think a lot of people do find separate that and, and seem to consider uh, these observations to be they, or they observe these practices, which are not that different or foreign to be something magical. And, and, and maybe that's the term or, or a question behind what that definition of magic is and 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 seeing something magical um which yeah it it turns into like an us versus them sort of mindset and i think it scares people to have the idea of oh well you know you're doing witchcraft and then if i were go turn around and say like well what's the difference between me directing energy towards a spell versus you sitting down and having a super concentrated prayer with your priest 
I think it's ultimately the same. And you don't even have to look at it versus witchcraft versus Catholicism. For example, you can look at it in Hindu cultures where they wash the feet. What's the difference between that and, you know, using the con- the holy water when you walk in and doing the sign of the cross? It's It's all pulling from the same source. It's all pulling from the same energy. And, you know, I think people are scared to look at it that way because Wicca and witchcraft have been branded for so long as work of the devil. But if you actually go back to the history books, um, and I'm not super, you know, I'm not like a history buff by any means. (laughs) I I definitely don't claim to be. And so I have very limited knowledge on this. But, um, you know, I have I have read Witchcraft Today by Gerald Gardner, which does talk a bit about um, the you know, the witchcraft back in the day. And I'm starting just now to read um, The Meaning of Witchcraft by him too, which is the second book that he made on the topic. And, um, you know, the beginning of the book talks a lot about how people started out as pagans, most pretty much all ancestors were essentially pagan. And the only reason people can even convert it is because the government essentially was saying that if you don't convert, we're going to kill your family. (laughs) So people converted just so they wouldn't die. And then all these generations were raised in that Catholic or Christian religion without really questioning it because the years of persecution were really over for them because they became the mainstream religion. So then that trickles down into the current installment of society right now where, you know, all these people are Catholic or, or Christian or whatever religion they are. But a lot of times they don't really question it. They just kind of blindly follow, um, the previous religion of their families, even if they, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm Christian. And it's like, well, when's the last time you went to church? Like, oh, you know, maybe Christmas last year. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> are you, are you really that religion or are you just doing it because everybody, yeah. you know, grandma did that? Absolutely. And that goes into this, this idea of, of, um, which is something I uh, introduced earlier in this, in this episode mm-hmm. is, is this idea of, of people looking for that, that uh, agency of diverting when when perhaps people need to be looking internally and and it, i think you absolutely could do an episode you could do a whole series of episodes and i would listen intently to talk about that because it's true i mean just that that uh and if you need that history buff perspective there's you know it's a fascinating progression through of, of religions throughout the ages and every major modern religion today has has variants and aspects and nuances that amount to as they as they were spread and moved into other areas of the world that incorporated uh the indigenous beliefs of a population and so there's a lot of elements uh obviously with with Christianity there's elements that that are pervasively uh incorporated with some of the what would be have been considered a, a pagan religion observances in in the caribbean things like santeria uh voodoo practices that that took elements from um the the this this afro-caribbean influence and in, that in blended multiple observances and religious uh re- religious observances and ritual uh in islam very much there's this aspect of of a dark magic with the jinn and and a magical response to it um on the other side uh hinduism buddhism uh, a lot of eastern uh religions and judaism with uh, there's a very kabbalistic magical aspect in the cabal with that side so it's absolutely fascinating to see that and and you're right it's 
may I definitely um shouldn't think of it in terms of having lost touch with that. Perhaps it's just not a recognition of what's already there and and the similarities and likenesses that are pervasive through all of these these various different spiritual practices. Yeah, I think it it goes down to you know, if we we start looking at what's the same versus what's different, we could, you know, I mean, that that could be applied to all aspects of society. But just for the sake of this conversation, I think people would be very surprised to find that there's, there's a lot of similarities. And if you look at the core of what's happening. Yeah. And you're right. And maybe if you start with these, we start with a discussion like this, and it's something that sets a foundation for a, a lot of other discussions uh, that should be done in that same vein. You know, but but back on on witchcraft, uh, since since we've got you this this public fascination with it, and in the fact that we're even talking about it is uh is that this this fascination with witchcraft or perhaps the the esoteric it it does seem to be increasing, um, and it it's not just limited by the traditional iconography. I mean, there's there's movies and. We talked about that some before that these movies and television shows depict witches in lots of different forms, right? From neighborhood moms with herbal shops to rebellious goth kids uh, with a mean streak. These stories all use this this witch and wizard imagery as a personification, it seems, of kind of ourselves or of society set in a magical context. And, and they do so and they seem to tell a story or teach something the the image of the witch this i don't want to say it's a well it is it's a misconception that people have uh but it's this image that carries forward right all of in during halloween season um you get that you get the classic you get the classic witch that appears on pictures everywhere uh or that you'll have the the wizard with with a cape and the hat and those images seem to come from uh uh, like a long-standing tradition, cultural traditions of of I've heard it, re- I've seen it referred to as the crone or the old woman or the wise woman, the wise man, and it's something that I hadn't really looked into before. Before looking into this, do these? Uh, my question is: Are these? Do these come from traditions that have carried over and forward into modern modern Wicca or modern witchcraft? Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, eh, back in the day when Christianity was really taking over um, and paganism was starting to die out, essentially, um, I believe some of the propaganda was saying that, like, oh, only the old, ugly women with warts all over their face, you know, practice witchcraft. Um, And it kind of just became the thing of, like, you were disheveled, like, you were... um, I I can't think of the word right now, but, you know, you weren't a proper person if you practice witchcraft. Um, You weren't seen as an upstanding member of society or somebody to look up to. Um, That being said, though, before all of that, a lot of villages, you know, back in Europe and in the day used to have, um, you know, wise women that you would go and you would get your fortune read and they would give you medicines and they would tell you things about your future. Um, I think almost any society had women like that. Um, so I think a lot of the stereotypical stuff that you see today could be carried on from that. The other part too, a lot of times when you see these stereotypical images of 
women wearing these big dresses and <laughs> these pointy hats. I mean, if you think about it back in the Salem Witch Trials Day, which is not actually the biggest massacre of so-called witches, because uh, from what it's what I've heard, the witches that were you know, kill or the people who were killed during that weren't actually witches. <laughs> it was just mass hysteria. But there was a right. big massacre for witches in um, places like Europe. But anyway, um, getting back to just the sandwich trial days, you could say, you know, back then, that's kind of what they used to wear, not just the people who are accused of witches, but just everybody back in the in those days wore these big, long dresses. And now I guess it just happened to be black um, or, you know, maybe it was black, so they would blend into the forest or whatever. So I think these stereotypes of witches come, some of it comes from truth and some of it just comes from, you know, things that were made up as propaganda. Perfect. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think that's what it is. We've got something that has permeated through to lore of the last five centuries. And uh it's I think it's fascinating because you're right. I mean, these are these these people that were identified as as practitioners of witchcraft, uh when those when the frenzy began, uh in the Early as early as the 1400s and 1500s, these were people that were also recognized as as your healers. The icons, the imagery, just got disconnected from the real people at some point, and just became eventually just became uh, story characters. But that's often people's only familiarity with witchcraft. And if you look at you know what it's evolved to now, especially with the witchy aesthetic, you know nowadays, and this is actually something my next episode talks about this. Um, but this is something you know you can go to Hot Topic and <laughs> buy a triple moon necklace, and you know go to almost any store, and there's something witchcraft related uh, with the aesthetic and that you can buy. And I think now it kind of trickles down to um, pop culture. A lot of people also just equate Stevie Nicks with being a witch. And if you look at a lot of the outfits that she wore <laughs> back in the day, they're very reflective of what the witchcraft look is nowadays um, or the goth look. Um, and yeah, I mean, witches back in the witch trials days definitely didn't wear long like shawls and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> have flowers in their hair like that. But nowadays, like you see a girl with a shawl and some big boots and she's a witch. She's a witch. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you got to, you got to blame Stevie Nicks for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Stevie Nicks is a witch, uh, then everybody should, should take cue for that, for that uh, wardrobe. Cause Stevie Nicks is awesome. She uh, is. She's pretty great. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, okay. And, that brings up a, 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 another question. The next question, which I, I know I've brought up a lot of the, the idea that people are simply not familiar with it. And that's definitely from the broad public is, is they don't even think to ask the questions. And most of them don't, don't realize that they may know someone, uh, that could answer these questions. But, uh, right away, you seem to have been getting listener questions on your show. Uh, so what, what sort of questions are people asking you? Uh, right off the bat, uh, that maybe we might, people might be surprised that someone's asking. <laughs> uh, you know, I wish I actually had an answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I can't think of a question that I, I get a lot of questions about. Um, I know in the past I've gotten a variety of questions, um, that I've talked about on just different listener episodes. I think 
my biggest thing is I'll ask people to send me suggestions of things that they want me to talk about. And so I've gotten things like tarot cards or um, crystals or different herbs or, you know, numerology or about the God and the goddess and things like that. Um, but some of the topics I've had that people ask me, I'm not either not super knowledgeable in, so I might have a guest come on the show, <laughs> or um, it might be things that I don't exactly um, vibe with myself. So for example, the topic of familiars, um, you know, actually I was given a book on familiar spirits, um, by my high priestess recently. So I might change my mind in the future, but as of right now, and you know, all the times previous to this, I don't necessarily believe in familiar. So if I, I've had people ask me to talk about that and I've been very upfront with them saying, you know, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm probably not the best person to talk about that because I, I don't have a belief in it. And, and with my podcast, I'm not going to talk about something that I don't necessarily vibe with. I'll be very realistic about that. Um, so yeah, it's it's more been different topics that people want me to talk about versus like particular questions. But I have also had people um, send me messages, especially recently. I've had a lot of people been sending me messages just looking for advice about their situation, like how to come out of the broom closet or what does this dream mean? Or, you know, they read this book, what should they do next? <laughs> so things like that. Absolutely. And, and in fact, you, I guess the, even the, your very first kind of listener question episode was fascinating to me. I enjoyed it because yes, it was a lot of questions that I had, uh, that come to mind. And, and that leads to another great question, which is, is, with y'all's, uh, with your last episode, you did have a conversation with, with your high priestess and, and high priest and something that was definitely emphasized and that you'd emphasized before is that there's a lot of, of study and a lot of, of, I suppose, self exploration that is required. Self, self, uh, self guided study and exploration. So with that in mind, kind of what are, what's, some of your favorite aspects of, of Wicca that you yourself find fascinating or coming across that you weren't even fully familiar with um, that, or something that it, uh, people may find surprising about Wicca? Um, I would say that I think the biggest thing that I have found fascination with, and I don't think I'll ever stop being fascinated with it, is just the overall mystery that comes around being involved in witchcraft and Wicca. Um, you know, I will say that when I joined this group, or my, my coven, essentially, um, but, you know, when I was training, so I wasn't actually, tech, you know, in the coven yet, um, I was and continued to still be a very, very, very realistic person. Um, you know, I have a master's degree in clinical psychology. I'm, I'm very much an academic person. I wanted to go for the PhD. <laughs> so I uh, was very much of mind of, unless the goddess is sitting right in front of me, you know, in the flesh, like slapping me in the face, then I don't know if I'm going to believe it. Um, but at the same time, you know, looking back to when I said that, I still had experiences before that. But I think I was constantly in this mindset of like, oh, well, you know, maybe that just happened. And maybe this just happened. Like, oh, it's just ironic. And then finally, <laughs> um, right. I did have this one personal experience where I was like, oh, Okay. Well, I guess you're actually real. <laughs> um, yeah. And and from there, I was kind of more on board with everything. I guess you can say, and I was more willing to actually let my walls down. And once I did that, more things started happening. And 
I didn't realize how tightly I kept those walls up. And like I said, you know, looking back in hindsight, I'm kind of like, wow, how can I have been denying this this whole time when this happened this time, this happened this time, this happened this time. (laughs) I was seeing all the signs. I was getting all the proof, but I just didn't want to believe it until I had an experience where I, I couldn't deny it anymore. Uh, that 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 idea of this rational perspective and and coming to a decision on that it's just it's striking and it and it's it's great and I'm the same way it just things need to have some common sense to them but you know in reality as you mentioned there's there are plenty of people that believe in things simply because they always have right they've they've always they grew up with it they they've just always known something to be true but but there are plenty that have that crisis of faith moment, have that coming to terms moment when they realize that something that uh, perhaps they've always simply tried to find another explanation on is that that the answer was always right there and they've finally come to accept it. Right. Uh, And and coming from such an academic background, I mean... I, I I have a I'm a I'm technically a published researcher. I mean, I I really was coming from this at a very studious perspective and a very realistic perspective. And especially in the psychology world, you're going to look at all the other reasons of why whatever you think is happening is not actually happening. I'm I was always trying to look for a way to explain it away. Right. Well, and exa- you know, my personal favorite one of the things you discussed um, was. Uh, this idea of, of correlation of things with moon phases. And it, you know, on the surface, some will go, oh, moon phases, right? That somehow you're, you're trekked with and you need to time your, your activities to cycles of the moon. And yet, when I, I think you were having a conversation, I think it was the last episode, you were having this conversation about it. And, uh, it, it was brought up this idea of, of waxing and waning and, and, what goes on to observe and to journal and to pay attention to what's going on. And I realized it made perfect sense. How many of us go through periods of time with belief or not even that simply motivations or energy where we do feel like at times we are on the rise and are times when it is at a waning moment or where we feel just absolutely full steam, you know, full moon, so to speak. And then at times when it seems like it's gone. And I thought, well, it, there, it, 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 you know, it makes co- perfect sense to just observe things and connect with the, the moon and say, how does that reflect on, um, me and, and my life and what I'm feeling and all of that stuff. And as out there, as part of me wants to say that is, there was another side that said, no, that, that actually absolutely resonates in my mind. Right. And, You know, so my high priestess talks about um, how you should always journal your experiences, especially if you're going on a witchy journey into the unknown. And um, so part of my outer court training was to start keeping a journal. So I started doing that. And part of it was also to record the moon phases. And I was always recording them, but I honestly didn't think too much of it, like unless it was a full moon, because obviously, you know, (laughs) witchcraft and full moons go hand in hand. Um, And... It took it took a long time because, you know, it takes a, a while to journal and to have kind of a record of what happens during different moon phases, especially because it wasn't like I was journaling every day. Um, I was probably journaling once every week or once every other week, <laughs> if that, uh, much to my high priestess's dismay. Um, but 
after months and months and months, I realized that I actually would get very awake during the new moon, which is not the common uh, reaction to the new moon. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but it, but it actually, um, there was somebody else in my group as well who turned out to have the same reaction. So I was always, I was kind of like, oh, well, that's so weird. <laughs> like, oh, you know, maybe it's just synchronicity or maybe it's just a coincidence or something. And then I decided to look up my birthday just to see, you know, what happened on the day I was born. And uh, what do you know? <laughs> the day I was born was pretty much a new moon it was like the day or, or so before or after the new moon when the moon's at like two percent visibility you know and right. i was like oh well <laughs> that's yeah. ironic and absolutely and of course of course someone can easily say that's absolute coincidence but it it makes more sense in my mind to say well obviously that look at the significance of a new moon it's a new moon is a new beginning it's a new cycle and for you i mean that is a literal new beginning uh in that case you started at that point uh it would make it makes sense to, that if if there is an energy about us if there's something that is resonating that you started at that point that's your starting line and that's just that's a flow that you're going to have um and I, I think when people start thinking about it from that context of context of saying, okay, unless unless I want to just dismiss it completely, uh, if you just think about it for a minute, it it is not so hard to make sense of so much of this. Absolutely. And, I mean, statistically speaking, hospitals, you know, definitely have an effect based on the moon phase. Yeah. And, you know, police have more calls when there's full moons. I mean, crimes at a higher rate. Um you know, how, how can you, how can somebody say, oh, well, the moon has no effect on me. It's like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe you, you just, you don't have a reason or have an effect that you've noticed because you probably haven't been journaling your every single full moon of your life to know. <laughs> um, right. But, but right. you can't argue statistics. Yeah. Oh, ask my uh, father. I grew up, he worked in retail and in a mall and he would argue hands down uh, that, uh, Full moons had an effect with everybody there. And if you ask any, almost any teacher out there, <laughs> they will tell you full moons have an effect. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I think, um, many of these elements are in the public consciousness, just not simply pooled together under a, a perhaps a single observance or train of, of, of thought, uh, that really can show people, you know, when they look at it just as a full list that, oh, you know, wow, well, I already think like this and I already observe these things and I already see these elements in my life. Um, and so maybe it's not so different. It's not such a uh, foreign or, or, or dis oh, disassociated idea to everything else. Uh, but but that's absolutely it. And, and um, uh, again, I know we're just scratching the surface. It was it was hard to narrow this down to think of the topics that we could get you to talk about. Uh, but ultimately, the answer is everybody is going to be jumping over after this episode is done and following the link in my show notes <laughs> to seeking witchcraft um, and and binging the episodes. And they're <laughs> they're at about thirty minutes apiece. Although I will start to argue that you can go on as long as you want in these episodes. Um because there's just loads and loads of fascinating information. And you do a phenomenal job of presenting them. Um because 
you're not you're not pretending or presenting yourself as as an expert in subject this is a journey that you are currently on and you're taking people with you and as you learn stuff you are sharing it uh and it's i it's great it's you know absolutely a comfortable way of of learning something more about uh something that is becoming I think people just don't realize is around them. Yeah, well, th yeah, thank you. I mean, that's, that's really, that's really sweet for you to say. Um, you know, I will say that it's one of those things. And I say this in my, my episodes as well, but nobody is an expert in, in this type of topic. Nobody is an actual expert in witchcraft or, or Wicca. I mean, you can be an expert in the history about it, but part of being involved in, you know, doing this is experiencing the mysteries and they're mysteries because you can't explain what they are. Um, and you have to experience them yourself. And it's one of those things that I realized, you know, I, you know, the more I learn, the deeper the rabbit hole is. And the more I feel like I don't know anything. I mean, before I, when I was a solitary, I felt like, you know, I have a pretty solid understanding of how to be a witch. And <laughs> as the years have gone on and I've gotten more in depth and I've, you know, joined a tradition and seen, met all different types of witches and all different people from all different practices, the more I'm like, wow, I don't really know anything <laughs> compared yeah. to all these people. But, yeah. but it, it's, it's definitely a journey. And one of the things my high priest has said to me is that, um, and I, I think about this sometimes and I, in, in the moment, it just, it resonated with me so much, but you know, she was saying that when she got started with this, that she was very eager. She wanted to jump on everything and dissolve or, you know, eat up all the information that she could. But then she realized that she had the rest of forever and that there really wasn't a rush to absorb all of this information right in this exact moment. So sometimes I find myself wanting to read all the things and do all the things. And, you know, I'd have a full-time job and, <laughs> right. you know, you know right. I, I, I just, it doesn't work <laughs> out like that. I have a full-time job. I'm working on a second psychological research publication. And, you know, I have two cats that take up a lot of my time. They're very needy. <laughs> and, yep. um, you know, I, I have to remind myself that I do have the rest of forever. You know, witchcraft isn't going anywhere. Wicca's not going anywhere. The gods aren't going anywhere. And it's okay if I need to take a little bit of time to absorb everything. And that's also the advice I would give to people if they're trying to get involved in witchcraft and they feel so overwhelmed or they're involved in this sort of topic and they, you know, have that period where they're really interested, but they just don't have the motivation to do anything. Like, that's absolutely fine. The information's not going to go anywhere. Right. And and I think anybody could do that, regardless of their religious belief, spiritual observance. Anybody that thinks that they have figured it all out or studied everything there is to study. It's a red there, flag. <laughs> yeah. There is another book out there for you to read. There is another analysis. There is another study. There is another perspective. Just there, there's always something that has been missed. And like you said, you've got, uh, and, and I loved it when she said that. Absolutely. You brought that up. And I remember that, that was great. That resonated so much is it, you have the rest of forever to just keep going and keep learning. Um, and that's, I think, half the journey for anybody, uh, with, with those, uh, beliefs and, and especially, and it's never too late to start, right? You know? Absolutely. It's never too late. I mean, there, you know, I, I got involved in my tradition in my, you know, mid twenties 
But there's absolutely people who get involved in witchcraft and they don't get involved until they're seniors. You know, um, there's people who get involved in witchcraft from a super younger age and really religion doesn't have an age restraint to it. It doesn't matter if you've been practicing one religion or maybe not practicing anything for, you know, three quarters of your life, you could still get involved if it's interesting to you. And I think that there's a certain type of person who gets interested in this path. And yeah. if the path is right for you, then, you know, you'll do whatever you need to do to stay on it and to learn as much as you can. But, you know, I wouldn't stress out if, you know, you're, you feel bad about converting because you're at a certain age and you think that means something. You can change religion. Right. You can change practices anytime in your life. There's no age, you know, restriction or requirement. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm going to make myself stop with questions because again, I'm going to point everybody to, to listen and then subscribe and continue listening because I know you've just started. You have about 12, 13 episodes. <laughs> Out yeah, there. I have 12. Um, the 13th one will be coming out probably just before Samhain, which is Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah, that one will be coming out soon. And I can give you a sneak peek. That one's going to be about male witches and the witchy aesthetic and oh. also what it's like to be in the room closet. Fascinating. I'm, I'm there. There you go. So everybody, it should be out within next from from uh, listening to this episode. It should be just a couple of weeks. So that's that's spectacular. Now, before I let you go, there this wouldn't be a, a theoriology discussion unless we kind of explored uh, some of those ideas that motivate public fascination behind any of the topics we discuss. Um, and of course, as we've said, right, witchcraft has absolutely permeated the public consciousness. It's always been there, sometimes in a positive light, as it currently seems to be, sometimes in a very negative way, as history's shown. Um, but regardless of those social contexts, the consistent element seems to be this wonder or intrigue held in the possibility of of this magic or or more specifically, this ability for us to control and influence the world around us and the outcomes that affect us. Um, but I wanted to ask you personally, just what do you think uh, people find and why do they find such a fascination with witchcraft in general? Well, there's a lot of different elements that you can approach that question with. I mean, I think one of them is just the element of taking back a control of your life. And a lot of people get interested in this, especially young women who feel as though they've been marginalized or especially even men who feel like they've been marginalized. It really appeals to both uh, genders and sexes equally, actually. Um but I think some people feel like sometimes things are out of their reach and out of their control. And by being able to be involved in this mystical, magical world, they can kind of call the shots in their own life. Now, I actually don't have a problem with that. Um, I think that if this is an area that makes you feel more in control of your life, makes you feel more steady, then I like, you know, like, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like whatever right. you need to do to feel like you have you're on top of your game, uh, you know, that's great. And you know, I think some people will actually have differing opinions on that. Um, you know, then my next episode I do talk about the witchy aesthetic and what my opinion is on people, you know, getting them or just wearing pentacles and pentagrams and not really knowing what that is. And yeah. um my high priestess and I have very different opinions. <laughs> <laughs> on how that how that works. Um 
But yeah, in terms of people getting involved with witchcraft, so if you're looking at it that way, if people taking control of their lives, you know, that's one way. For myself personally, the reason I'm involved in witchcraft and the reason I'm, reason I'm involved in Wicca is simply it works. <laughs> like that's, that's as, as, you know, that's as basic as the answer can be, but it actually works. It's actually real. Things happen. You can see things, you can feel things and it's not fake. And, um, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to wrap their heads around that because I get, I think people have this idea of like hair or, you know, like things from movies, you could say, and things from TV shows right, and, right. you know, you wave a magic wand and everything's fine and f- things fly off the shelves. It's not like that. It's it completely would be great. Different. It would but be great. It's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It'd be great. But, you know, this isn't a TV show the same way you can't lift the car, you know, at like your Superman just to, I don't know, get a different parking space or something. It's the same yeah. thing with witchcraft and Wicca. Um, but ultimately, if you do the work, you dedicate yourself to the practice, things happen. It works. You do see results and you can't deny that. Absolutely. And I, I think that um, more and more uh, we're discovering because even even those that simply view it um, ex- just from the outside and, and observe it, there's this there's this acceptance and this realization that's going on that um, that we can influence and, and things there's things around us that are influencing our world uh, in ways that no one ever thought, at least for a long time, have not been thinking consciously that that are were effective um and uh, there's this awareness of it that's beginning to surface and some people view it from a a, a paranormal context some of people view it from a, a supernatural context and many people view it from a, a spiritual uh, uh context and perspective and uh, i think that's that's why it's it's surfacing and people are exploring it uh some of it's just fun there's wonderful there's a wonderful history of witchcraft that's always going to appear in um in our entertainment in our books in our movies uh and uh, in in the it's permeated the history our iconography of society you know it's part of our lore um and uh as long as that keeps people if it that keeps it on the surface and gets people interested um at least just in learning about it uh and and then for others that that are then motivated and compelled to to study more and pursue it as a practice uh that's that's great and now we're at a time where that's is acceptable and society is is open to that um and hopefully that doesn't change for a long time um so yeah absolutely yeah well ashley i i tell you what i i i I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and, and really introducing us to this. And absolutely, this is just an introduction. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and, and I know even what you've talked about on your show is just the beginning of this experience that you're undertaking this journey that you're, that you're going on and moving forward with. Um, and, uh, I am, it's, it's an honor that you're willing to take people along with this and, and put this information out there, um, as a, as a resource and as a guide and as something that you're sharing. Uh, that's, it's definitely positive and I believe it's something that will come back towards you, uh, in folds. Um, 
Is there anything going forward additionally long-term that you're thinking with uh, Seeking Witchcraft? Kind of kind of your long-term goals with the podcast. You know, I'm not sure. Um, I, I really started the podcast on a complete and total whim. <laughs> I'd actually never even listened to a podcast before, literally ever <laughs> in my entire life. Um, but I was, to be honest, just really bored one weekend at home on like a Sunday evening with nothing to do. And <laughs> all my friends were busy, you know, living their lives. And I was like, I just feel like talking about witchcraft. So I, I made my first episode. Um, so I never expected it to um, blow up the way that it did. <laughs> that was definitely not uh, something I thought was going to happen. Um, so I recently made some social media pages. Like I made an Instagram and I had my Twitter, but I decided to make a Facebook as well. Um, and you know, all of them are seek what seeking witchcraft, except for Twitter, which is seek witchcraft. Cause apparently seeking is too long, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is fine, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of along for the ride. I guess I never really expected to, have as many episodes as I did. At one point, actually, I thought about um, maybe just ending the podcast once I feel like I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. But then I'm shaking I... my head, everybody. No, no, no. <laughs> but then I, you know, because I was talking a lot about beginner topics, and I, I feel like there's only so much I can do to talk about, you know, X, Y, and Z. But then people started asking me other questions and wanting to know more about myself and my journey and just you know, essentially, we're very interested in hearing me ramble on about witchcraft for a half hour every other week. Um, so I, as of right now, um, Seeking Witchcraft is continuing on and I'm, you know, still still riding the train and or riding the broomstick and we're going to see where <laughs> things go. Perfect. Wonderful. Yes. Keep it going. Um I would have never guessed that you started that on a whim. Uh, oh, absolutely. The sh <laughs> show sounds great from the beginning, and I'm very jealous. If anyone, for all those listening that have gone back and listened to my um, pilot episode, they know exactly what I'm talking about. I very much sounded like a first-time podcaster, whereas your first episode out of the great out of the gate sounds great. Um, and, and it <laughs> goes, you. it goes forward from there. Uh, but I don't think you will have a shortage of topics and, and you can explore it. You can hit me up anytime. I will take you on a journey of the science behind crystals and some of the fascinating aspects out there that people have always known. And yet we're just now figuring out, so to speak. Um, and, uh, I, you know, it, I think there's so many different ways and aspects that you can talk about these things that are, um, you know, at times very specific simply to the craft and other times, uh, just, uh, uh, correlating and, and, and supplementing of, of those things that, that, um, really show, show people that, that this, the, these ideas and these practices permeate more than they realize. Awesome. Well, yeah, no, I definitely appreciate the offer. Um, because sometimes I feel like I have no idea what I want to talk about next. <laughs> so I'm always, always, always looking for people to submit suggestions of anything in the witchy world uh, that they would like to hear a little bit more about. Absolutely great. And I will have all of those links in the show notes, show notes to the, uh, the Twitter and the Facebook. And again, the, um, uh, to the, uh, 
uh, podcast, where where can they hear you? I, you did recently say that you are now officially on Apple Podcasts. Yep, yep. So I, um, my most of my listeners listen to me on Spotify, but I'm also on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Anchor and pretty much anywhere you can, you know, listen to a podcast. I'm going to be listed there. I just submitted to iHeartRadio actually because I saw that your podcast is on iHeartRadio, and I was like, oh, I didn't even know that they had a podcast, so <laughs> I just submitted. Uh, for that. But yeah, um, I think I'm on Google Podcasts as well. Pretty much anywhere you can hear a podcast, you'll hit me up. But most people listen to me to through Spotify. And um, I'm going to assume over time, it's going to uh, probably be 50-50 with Apple Podcasts as well. Okay, great, great. All right. Well, again, Ashley, thank you. And um, I, you know, I definitely look forward to uh, keeping up with everything on the podcast. And in the future, who knows, we Definitely come up with reasons to try and uh, get you back on and, and talk about some of these things that we barely touched on and brushed over uh, this time. So <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Thanks a lot. No problem. <laughs> wow. There you go, theoriologist. See, was that not amazing? And again, I cannot thank Ashley enough for being willing to come on. I know I led up to it a bit before the discussion, but I just didn't want to give anything away. Her approachability and her her casual way of discussing these things uh, really belie the fact that she has spent years, even, uh, even as she just seems to be starting out on this journey, she has spent a lot of time studying this and, and, um, and understanding that this this path and this this faith and, and religion that she has pursued and it really really opened up for me the door to to understanding and and being introduced to it from a, a a completely different perspective a real perspective and not just a not just a book search and not just a uh you know an an internet site of of information that's been gleaned or or guessed at, or is out, outdated, and so uh, especially not just a Wikipedia entry. I, so I think we all come away with this a whole lot better, right? So you know, if you've enjoyed it, uh, definitely let me know because uh, it was wonderful that she came on, and I want to pass along any comments and questions that y'all may have to Ashley, uh, and again encourage you. If you're just curious, if you're just interested in hearing uh, about her more and about what um, what she is exploring and what she is is studying and pursuing in her own life, jump over and listen to Seeking Witchcraft uh, on most of your uh, podcatchers. All right, any players? I, I believe it's out there now that she's on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You're going to find her on any of the players that you use. So. Um, I think I think really that's about it, and and I think it's time to wrap up this episode. I know it's long, but I think that it, we got a ton out of it. So remember, click that follow or subscribe button. If this is the first time that you've joined us, make sure you follow along so that you don't miss future discussions. Again, if you have a comment about this, a question for me, a question for Ashley that you'd like to pass along, email me, contact at conspiracytheoriology.com. 
And you can find me at all of the socials, at TheoriologyPod. As always, please feel free to look up all of the information at ConspiracyTheoriology.com. It's continuing to expand. I'm trying to get more information on it. And for uh, I have a a section of of recommended reading with books that are mentioned on the uh, show, uh, including some of the things that Ashley has mentioned this episode. Uh, those should be coming up, uh, should be on there soon. And, uh, of course, that's a great way to support the show. Um, you can also find out how to support the show on Patreon. Uh, as always, music is by Adam Henry Garcia.bandcamp.com. All right, everybody, I think that's it for now. So, until next time, remember beyond the conspiracy and behind the belief lies the theoryology. Theory.